Welcome back to the AIM Podcast. Today we sit down with special guest Braxton Piku, basketball content creator and influencer. And in this episode, we talk about his story getting into the game of basketball, also his journey of turning into a trainer and a full-time content creator. Braxton shares some very valuable lessons and tips about growing on social media and how to do it in a way that also gains you trust from your community. You guys are going to love this episode, but before we dive in, I want to talk to you guys about a drink that I have become obsessed with this summer, Power Lift. Power Lift is an all-natural hydration drink that also has 10 grams of protein, BCAAs, electrolytes, and protein in one drink. It is crazy, guys. The flavors are amazing, and if you are looking to hydrate and looking up to step up your drink game this summer, I'm telling you right now, you guys need to go check out Power Lift. They were kind enough to hook us up. We have code DELKS20. I'll put it in the show notes, but DELKS20 will get you 20% off your order. Guys, I'm telling you right now, this is a big-time drink. I first found them in High Rocks, and I've been drinking them ever since. You guys will love it, so go check it out. But let's dive right into this episode without further ado, Braxton Piku. Braxton, thank you so much for coming on the AIM podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, bro. Dude, I'm excited, man. I before we think before we kick things off with your story and, and all the fun stuff I want to dive into, I have to ask you. In your bio, it says you're the best shooter on TikTok. And yes, sir. That's it. Listen, I, I hear you. I hear you, but I want to know if you're the best shooter on the AIM podcast. We've had uh we've been fortunate to have on Jimmer Fredette, Austin J. Mills, Bjorn Broman, some guys that I would I would hold it with a high, high standard in the shooting category. They're very good. They're very good. How do you how do you think you stack up against those guys? I think I stack up pretty good. Well, I mean, I know Austin Mills in person. I know Broman in person. I haven't met Jimmer in person. So he's the only one that I haven't shot up against. But I think I, I, think I hold my own for sure. That would be – I'm not going to lie. That, that that group right there, that would be a good a good shootout, man. I, I'd actually love to see that. No, it would be. It would be. They're, they're both tough. I remember the first time I met Austin, I'm like, okay, this, this dude's legit. Like, he's tough. He's a bucket for sure. For sure. It's it's one thing to see guys make shots on social media on, on clips and stuff, but in real life when these guys can really yeah. shoot. It's it's a whole and I'm sure you know it's a whole different ball game. Oh, for sure. Uh, the thing about Austin that I, I impressed me too is because we did like we played and stuff together. He has a very just pro play style. I mean, I know now he does more of the ball is life stuff, but like when he really just like hoops, he's a he controls the game like a pro player does. So he's uh he's very skilled, very knowledgeable of the game so Roman is too I mean they're both really good so for sure yeah I love Broman Broman I'm pretty close with he uh so he my when I played at college at Western my video coordinator was his college roommate at Winthrop when he was playing oh and yeah I got to know him pretty well through through those guys and uh yeah he's, he's a great dude love that dude that's what's up yeah no I haven't seen him in a while we met up in we did a part takeover once in Virginia like probably like two years ago now it was probably like this time about two years ago but no he, he's good people he's a really 100%, good guy 100 bro. bro even before we dive into more stuff you so you when you jumped on the when you jumped on the call you said you're taking a caffeine um a caffeine fast bro i am bro i'm fasting from caffeine sweets <laughs> for the most part so what i did is i got me a rehydrate uh drink instead so hopefully i can trick my body into feeling like I'm drinking caffeine, but I'm not. 
I love it, bro. When did when did you start using caffeine? Ooh. Um, I started using caffeine probably, probably around my senior year of high school. My mom started working. I don't know if I want to give out promos, but my mom started working for you know the company Avocare. Um, it sounds familiar. Really big supplement company. I mean, they're they're like huge, but um, my mom started being like an affiliate for them and doing stuff for them and selling and. Once you start doing stuff for them, they have this, you know, like energy powder drink. And it's actually really good. And she started just getting it all the time. She would get it for me. And I would take one every morning. And then I would take one, you know, in the middle of the day if I needed one. So I just kind of got used to having caffeine in my system after that. And now it's like I take one every morning and I'm used to it. So take going off will be a be a thing for sure it's <laughs> <laughs> so, so interesting man i uh i actually don't i don't really consume a ton of caffeine every once in a while like if i have a long road trip or something i'll grab an energy drink only if i if i feel like i'm like getting sleepy yeah. behind the wheel but i don't drink coffee i don't drink you know energy drinks my, most of the time i'm honestly like kind of scared of caffeine because i'm like dude i don't yeah. i don't, I don't want to get like dependent on something and uh and like feel like my body requires it you know what i mean yeah, that was, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I chose caffeine too, because I'm like, man, I be, I be drinking caffeine a lot. So I'm like, I need to, I need to calm down. And I don't do like, so honestly, I would say like caffeine is probably the one, um, the one thing that I drink, because I only drink water. I don't drink like soda. I don't, drink, I don't drink anything else, but caffeine's like the one, like kind of like, I guess, fruity drink that I drink, something that tastes, has a taste to it. So I don't know if that's also another reason why I've become so uh I drink it every day because it's like something different. But for sure. No, that's awesome, bro. Well, dude, I have a ton of respect for you, man, and, and what you've built with your personal brand through the game of basketball and love your content, bro. I'm sure many people listening to this will enjoy checking out your stuff. But before we dive into the content and all the stuff you're doing with your personal brand, I would love to know just like the the pure story of how you got into the game of basketball. Like what was that initial kind of stage of you stepping into starting to play the game? Yeah. Um, so I'm from Louis South Louisiana originally, and my whole family is LSU fans. Um, and we're like season ticket holders to pretty much every sport. So I grew up as a kid. I wanted to be an LSU football player. Like that was like my dream. Like I wanted wanted to go to LSU and I wanted to play football. So as a kid, football was like my mindset all the time when I was really little. And then when I was in, uh, when I was really young, um, I got a concussion. So I had to take some time off from football. And then we moved to Michigan and my mom's like, Hey, I'm going to sign you up to play basketball. You're going to go to this tryout. I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to do that. Um, but I did it. I went, I ended up playing a whole season. I was third string. I scored 12 points that year in about 40 games. Um, I came in the last three minutes of the game, but um, I think I really, I, I really liked basketball because it challenged me. Because football, I was like naturally good at. Like football and baseball were kind of natural. I didn't have to practice. I didn't really have to train to, you know, be good at it or something. But basketball, I wasn't. Like I was absolutely terrible. Um, I had no 
natural giftings in the game of basketball. So I think I liked that as a kid. It gave me something to work for. So the next year, I just remember just being in my driveway just every day, just working, working, working. My next season, I think I scored like almost 100 points in the season. I was like second string. I'm like, okay, I'm working my way up. And then I would say I got another concussion my eighth grade year. And the doctor said I couldn't play football anymore. Um, And then when that happened, it was like a flip kind of switched. Mm. It's like, okay, this isn't an option anymore. So I'm just going to go all in the basketball. And then my eighth grade year, I did really well. I think I averaged like 20-something points um, going into freshman year. And then ever since then, like I played some varsity minutes as a freshman. And then I started varsity as a sophomore. Um, and yeah. Once you once you stepped into the game of basketball and started taking it more seriously, you said you, you enjoy different elements such as this, like you having to train more and prioritize like the skill development. When When was it? that you kind of made that internal decision and said, look, I'm going to really go all into this and like maybe even see myself playing collegiately or or beyond that. Yeah. I would, I would say it was that eighth grade year. It was that year I got that concussion. Cause then, you know, like I always knew I loved sports. I always wanted to play. Like I said, my dream was always, I wanted to be an LSU football player. Cause that's what my, my family love watching now. I mean, I'm going to the LSU Auburn game this year. Like I fly down every year for one or two games. Um, but that was always a dream. And then when that was I, – I don't want to say taken away because I didn't really take it like that. I mean, I'm an eighth-grade kid. It's not like anything was, like, taken away from me as far as college. But, like, the doctor says you can't play anymore. Like, you can't do that. I mean, you this is your third serious concussion and you're in eighth grade. Like, you know, um, fo- football is not going to be the thing. And so, I don't know. I just flipped that mindset to where it's like I love sports. Baseball was just too slow. I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, like, I was good at it. I just, I wasn't, I didn't enjoy playing that much. And then, so I'm like, okay, I'm not good at this, but I enjoy the challenge. So that's when I stepped into basketball and I, you know, was able to make something of it. For sure. Now, fast forwarding through that journey. So you're getting to play in high school. You're taking the game more seriously. Talk to us a little bit about that transition from high school basketball to your experience with like the college, the whole way it kind of panned out for you. Yeah, um, so I played homeschooled sports, so it was a little bit harder to get recognized. I played it on a travel team, uh, but it was harder to get noticed. So I was trying everything I could, you know, to get my name out there. Um, I got a bunch of coaches, you know, uh, like NAIA, D2, kind of get to know who I am. Um, And I don't know, it was just an experience. I was working really hard to go play college and the dream was almost there. Like I had interest from some coaches and I was, I was making, making it happen. I was making a way. And then um, going into my senior year, I was actually the first homeschooler to be ranked in the top 40 in the state. So that kind of got me some notoriety. I was in the class with Xavier Tillman. That's on the Grizzlies now. Um, Who else was in that class? Uh, Matt Bleacher. He played for central Michigan. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, Dwayne Washington was in that class. So they, they had a bunch of good players in that class. And then um, um, and then I was about to go play NAIA at Bethel. It's in Indiana. And then um, I ended up meeting 
somebody which owns a very popular training organization. And I started training with him as a player. And then he ended up offering before I had to uh, sign to go to school. He ended up offering me a full-time job to be a trainer. And then through that, I got to work with some NBA players. I was there for a while, starting a training business, started to make money because I was kind of over uh, playing. I don't know. It was like, I, it's like, I don't know. It's like you work so hard for something your whole life. And I think it's something in your brain. You tell yourself, this is how it's got to go. But like, there was no other reason for me to go to school. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I didn't want a nine to five. I, I I hated school. Like I was terrible. I didn't want to do that. And then the only reason I was going was to play basketball. And I was kind of dreading like leaving and going. And so when that opportunity opened up, it's like, wow, I can play basketball, make money and help people and build a business and a name and a brand. It's like, wow, that's kind of a win. So I ended up deciding to go that route. Did that. Like I said, I worked with NBA guys, um, high school guys, everything. And then I did that for about three years, I would say. And then during COVID year, I just um, – I couldn't train anymore. I'm kind of a workaholic. Like, I have to be doing something, like, all the time. Like, I have to be doing something productive. If I'm not doing something productive, I feel like I'm not doing anything. And um, I just remember I'm like, okay, I can't train, so I'm going to try to be famous on the Internet. And that's when TikTok – you know, everyone was posting on TikTok during COVID. Um, so I just started posting on TikTok. One thing led to another, and now we're here. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. It's it's so cool to see how many successful people have emerged through that COVID era of just no, you know, being real. at home and locking in and capitalizing on an opportunity where there was, you know, a lot of demand. Um, as you took that transition and stepped into to training, what what was kind of like the big mental shift? I know you talk about like it just, you know, when you weighed everything out, it just presented a better opportunity for you to kind of start to begin to build your career, build your brand, still be around the game of basketball and do what you love, but also you know, make revenue, make money. What was kind of like the big mental shift for you though, transitioning from playing like basketball for fun, but obviously seriously to now stepping into like actually doing this, yeah. still having fun with it, but making more of a business. I think the biggest thing, this is for like trainers too, especially like if you train a sport, you're a trainer and not a player for a reason. There's a reason like you didn't make the NBA or something like that. So I think the biggest thing that you have to learn is, not to teach kids to play like you play. Hmm. Um, you have to know basketball and be able to teach them what's going to be the most successful way to play. Because I don't know if you've noticed this. You, you said you played college basketball. Like, you, you're involved. Like, a lot, you can tell. If you're in the training community, like, there's a lot of trainers. You can tell by their play style who they train with. Like, if you watch a kid. Like, if you see a kid play, you'll be like, oh, he trains here. Oh, yeah, you see this kid, he trains there. Um, and it's like, you just have to learn, like, what's best for the player and what's going to help them get to the next level. Because I'm a good basketball player, but I am known by no means an NBA player. You know what I'm saying? So if that kid's dream is to be me, okay, cool. But their dream is probably to be in the NBA in this. So how do I train them to be that? Don't train them what I'm good at. Train them to what they need. So that was a big mental shift because it's like, whoa, I got to learn how to think outside the box now to get them to do what I can't do. 
Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. It takes, I feel like it takes a level of like humility, but also maturity to like yes. make that shift. Cause I don't know, I feel like you're hundred percent dead on, but I do think there are some trainers that like don't want to let that go and want to still be. Oh no. Well, <laughs> most trainers are trying to hold on to the game, but I think that's why a lot of people don't make it to that top level, you know, cause there's a lot of really good trainers out there. But also another thing I learned too, just because you have that pedigree as a player, like you made the league or you made overseas, doesn't mean you're a good trainer, if that makes sense. Because a lot of people just do, but they don't know. They don't understand what they're doing. They just kind of play the game and it happens, you know. And they try to teach also, and this is on the flip side, kind of the same thing but reverse. They try to teach kids to play like they play, but some kids aren't physically capable of doing the things that they could do because of whatever. So it's like, you know, you, you really just got to learn how to read whoever you're working with. Mm, that makes sense. That was a big yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want to, I want to jump back into the content side. So COVID hits, you're at home, you're not able to train, right? And you start to create content on social media. You talked about TikTok. What did that look like for you initially? Was it, was it, very focused on like seriously building a brand from the start or was it more so I just kind of have some time like I want to just create some videos like how did that kind of start for you um it was literally I said I told myself I was going to try everything just everything like uh I wasn't trying to stick to a niche or I wasn't trying to build a brand yet I was just trying to make Braxton Piku's face recognizable um, so if it was the dances, if it was skits, if it was basketball, if it was whatever it was, honestly, for a while, I was trying to stay away from basketball because I was like, everything in my life is basketball. So mm -hmm. I was like, I want to see if I can just do this without it. And so I was posting like five times a day for probably three months and like nothing was blowing up. I had like 260 followers, like. You know, I'm like, man, I'm I'm making all this content and nothing's blowing up. Like, I'm getting no views. And then I started um, – can I name drop on this? Can I say name? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. I saw Chase – I think it's Chase Dumar, the guy on Too Hot to Handle, the light yeah, skin yeah. dude. Um, and at the time, he had like 500,000 followers or whatever. But his thing was he was saying, I had the best hands on TikTok. And he was doing, like, all these challenges, like catching a football, like putting maple syrup on his hands and then catching a football. And I was watching him, and I'm like, this guy's terrible. Like, like he's catching the ball, but, like, I mean, even the challenges where he doesn't have, like, has gloves on and catching it, it's like he's fumbling it and catching it. And I'm like, but people are like, he's got supporters and he's got haters, but everyone watches him. Like everyone like cares. And I was like, I was like, I wonder if anyone's doing this with basketball. So I like looked around and I was like, no one, no one's doing like best shooter on TikTok. No one, no one's saying that. Um, so that was an idea I had for a while, but I still never did it. And so I kept trying, 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 just everything not basketball. And then eventually I remember I met with one of my mentors. He's a pastor at my church. And he kind of laugh, laughingly said, you still trying to be famous on TikTok? And I said, I got one more idea. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to give it up. 
And then um, that next day, I was playing three on three with some guys. And I just made a video. I set my tripod up after we're done playing. And I said, I'm the best shooter on TikTok, no cap. And then I just turned around, made a shot, came back to the camera, started talking again, telling people how good I was. And I just made like, I don't know, like seven in a row. Nothing crazy, but I remember going to bed that night after I posted it. I woke up the next morning, I had like three million views. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. And it was literally just like Chase. It was just like I saw, you know, I had people supporting me, a lot of people hating me. Like, who's this kid? But I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I could, I could build on this. So made another one the next day. That one got like 8 million views, made another one. That one blew up, made another one. That one blew up. And then, yeah. So, and I just kept doing it and I kept flowing and working and working and working and working until I got around 300,000. And that's when I like kind of slowed down a little bit. Dude, that. That, is, that is insane. That's wild, man. And when you, when you made that video, that's when you kind of made a pivot to kind of focus more on basketball centric yeah. content. As soon as something, I am thankful that I watched enough like YouTube videos on how to blow up on social media and stuff to learn at least like when something works, stick with it. Like, don't try to like, I do think it's important as an influencer. And I think this is where a lot of influencers and social media people go wrong is they don't know how to pivot. Like, and that's kind of like what I was saying around 300,000. I can talk about that later, but learning how to pivot, but you don't want to like pivot so far. You don't want to 180 and just go in another direction. You don't want to have something blow up and then do something completely different the next video. Cause then people are like, what the heck? And then they don't follow. But if right. you keep giving them what they want, why it's hot, that's why um, it would just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. Totally. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So at this point, so you start making these videos, claiming you're claiming the title of best shooter on TikTok. You're making videos around that. But you said you get to 300,000 and then things kind of chill. How did you kind of push through that barrier? Because obviously you're, you're way bigger now. Like what was that kind of journey like throughout the throughout the process? Um, It was it was it was hard mentally just because you know like i hadn't been in that spot before like i hadn't been in in the spot to where i posted a video and it didn't do anything and it was like i was making the same videos as i was before but they just weren't and then finally mentally i put the pieces together i'm like people just don't care anymore like i kind of had gotten to the point to where either you loved me or you hated me like there was no changing your mind. There was no point to try to prove anymore. Either I had proven the point already to you, or you're just like, you know, this little, this little dweeb just running his mouth. Like it was just kind of to that point. So I kind of figured that out. And I was like, okay, I got to figure something new out. And so I just, I started trying some things like some training videos, some random videos, Nothing was working. And I remember one day I went to the gym and I filmed a skit, a basketball skit. And this is before basketball skits were like really popular. More people were just posting them playing or, you know, just shooting challenges and stuff. Like basketball skits weren't really a thing. And I filmed, it was called Trash Kid. It was like when like that terrible kid at the Y asked you to play one-on-one. -on -one. And then they make a shot and then he just rubs it in your face or something like acts like somebody. And I just made a skit like that. And 
I posted it and it was like, it was weird. Cause it was as soon as I posted it, it blew up. Like probably in the first hour, it had almost a million views and I'd never had a video like that before. I was like, Oh shoot. And it wasn't even good. Like I go back and watch it now. I'm like, my acting was terrible. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It was just bad, but it blew up. And I'm like, okay, skits now. So then I just started doing skits. I did like, I think I did three or four parts of that trash kid video and they all blew up. And then I'm still kind of in skits. Um, but now I'm, I'm facing like my third pivot now. And it's, I think more people want to just know people. So like, more day-to-day life stuff like okay we love braxton now he's the best shooter on tiktok he's funny but who is he like just day-to-day like who is he not edited content video so i've been trying to show more of like my training sessions you know me missing shots you know best shooter on tiktok what he misses oh he's human you know he's just a normal kid in michigan you know, so I've been showing that and I feel like people have been enjoying that the most right now. Sure. So. Yeah, it's cool to see. It's cool to see how you evolved even as a creator and to turn, you talk mm-hmm. about these different pivots. Like, I think it's super interesting. A lot of people, I feel like, don't think about it like that, but you're constantly adapting and figuring out what works and how you can best serve the audience that you're building. But I'm curious real quick on the, on the skits thing, because it's honestly, I think it's really impressive. When you mm-hmm. go to the gym, do you have all these ideas kind of already planned out, pre-planned? Or are these things you're doing on the fly, like making up what each little per- what each person is going to say in the skit? Like, what is your creative um, process around that? So I will say, so, I mean, I've been around pretty much everyone in the space. And it's, it's, it's interesting to go around people. This is like the first thing I noticed when I started collabing with other influencers. Everyone's creative process is different. And they have pros and cons to each of them. Like some people can't do anything without a script. Some people can like, um, but I would say one, one of my strengths is I can just get in front of a camera and just make up whatever on the fly. Like that's kind of how it works. I kind of, I mean, so I normally show up with an idea. Like I have like the title in my head, like the guy that has terrible form, but it makes everything. Like, you know, like I have like a title, so I know kind of the concept, but when I get there, I just kind of like blow with it. And then, um, which is good too, because then there's no limit on what you can do. Like, I feel like when you write a script, sometimes they're good, like for more complex videos, like I write a script for, but, um, or when, if I'm doing a brand deal, like I'll write a script for those. Um, but yeah, if I'm just because then I can just say whatever. Like if I say something cr- mad funny, like it's like oh shoot, okay, that's perfect. Like that works perfect. But if I had a script, I wouldn't really just had the freedom to just do whatever. So no, I just kind of just go off the top. Awesome. Then when that's- I edit it, I chop it up to make it work. <laughs> that's so cool, bro. You you have a, you definitely have a talent and a, a huge gift in that in that area. Cool. I want to know though. How do you balance content creation and what you do, obviously, to build your brand and to build your socials with actual training? Because I know you're still in the gym, you're still working out. Like, how do you how do you find that balance, and what does that kind of look like for you? Um. Well, this is this is actually something that I'm just trying to figure out recently. Um. This is kind of like 
my mental state. This is where my brain's been outside of content recently. Um, so I've actually been, I don't play basketball that much anymore because I'm so busy doing everything else. And I've been going play at a pro run like the last, like, like all summer pretty much. And I haven't played very well. And I was like, yo, literally probably a week ago, I had this conversation with myself going inside the store. I said, Braxton, either you quit basketball for good and you just make content and train or you start working out again and you start like you set a goal and you achieve it just like you used to. Right. And so I was like, all right, that's what I'm doing. So I've been waking up early every morning, going to the gym first thing. Um, I lift. I work out. I have like three trainers that I'm working with right now. Um, so I go to those workouts. I normally film those. I don't post them all, but, um, I post some of them, the ones that, you know, have a storyline, the ones that can make flow. And then, and then after that, I normally come home, I eat, I kind of figure out what I want to do for the day. I'll either edit videos that I already have filmed or I'll go film something and then edit just depends on you know, like, like today I'll probably go film after we get off of this. Um, but, um, I'll either edit, go film or whatever. And then I'll come home. I finish the video. I post around four every day, post it. And then after I post it, I'll either go film again or edit more. And then around like probably five or six is when I have like my, my, my free time <laughs> to do Dang. whatever, either go play basketball or go hang out, whatever. But, Yep. Dude, that's super cool. Yeah, I was super curious that because obviously, you know, you the thing that's driving your business, your brand right now is obviously the content. But for you to be able to, you know, do certain things in content and also, you know, participate in these runs, it's like you, I'm sure there's some level of training that you're still doing to, yeah. to stay sharp, to stay like, you know, able to still do that stuff. Exactly. And I would like to be able to play like um, in the influencer events and stuff coming up. Like, that's a goal of mine coming up soon. Like, I would like to be in the creator league, all that stuff. So, I'm like, I, I want to just stay as sharp as I can for when the call comes. Like, hey, we want you to play in this. All right, bet. I'm ready. It's not like, hey, we want you to play in this. Frick, I got to start practicing. So, that's kind of been my mindset recently. Just stay ready. For sure. For sure. Now, as you've developed, obviously, I'm sure from a business standpoint, kind of speaking more to that, you have – Creative content. I'm sure you've been able to monetize on on the platforms themselves, but as you've gotten a bigger following and gained trust from an audience, I'm sure there have been opportunities to work with brands and to start to reach out and, and develop different relationships in that world. What has that been like for you? It's been really good, actually. I mean, that's probably how I do. I mean, financially, that's probably how I do the best is from affiliate marketing. You know, working with other companies. Um. But no, that's been good. I think also, too, in doing that, like being a young, self-employed, like business person, I know there's probably a bunch of those people that watch your podcast, but like it really did open up my mind to like how money kind of works, like with working with these brands, because it's like, man, it's so cool. I'm just sitting down, you know, or playing my switch to chill at night or whatever it is. And, you know, I get five, six emails that boom, boom, someone bought this, someone bought that, someone bought this. It's like, wow, okay, so what you're telling me is I don't have to trade my time for money anymore. Like, I could work really hard on the front end, build up something, and then it'll produce on the back end. 
And then, so that really, the last probably two years has been like, okay, that's my mindset. So I want, I want to build my course, my shooting course up to where, you know, I work really hard. I build a great course for people that it's going to help them improve. It's going to be awesome. They're going to love it. But it can also be something to where it's like, wow, I can enjoy my life now because it's like I put in all this work and then it's paying off on the back end. Um, and I'm learning that with affiliate marketing because it's like you work with these companies, you build up like Jersey Frost. That's probably my biggest one. Everyone knows me for Jersey Frost, but um, working with them. But it's like, you know, I've built up this. I made so many videos for Jersey Frost over the years. And now it's like I don't even really even make that many for them. I might make once a month. And it just it still just piles in. Everyone knows use code best shooter, get 10% off. Uh that's been a thing for three, four years. So it's just, you know, build it up, build it up, build it up, build it off, and then you kind of reap the benefits after. So that's amazing, dude. Yeah, I love that. In terms of like personal projects or goals, like is there anything coming up in the future that you're excited about or you'd like to share? I know um you said I'll talk about from a training element, just having more resources for players to to develop skills. But like, is there yep. any any big projects you're really pumped about that you're that you're kind of working on or focused on? Uh, I mean, I'm in that pivot of people getting to know me more. I'm gonna switch over more to YouTube, like uh, long form. Sure. And I I think I finally came up with what I wanted, what how I want to portray myself and how I want to do it. Um. Cause that was the struggle too. Cause YouTube's a different animal and a different beast on its own. It's, you know, you kind of get stuck in a rhythm doing, you know, short form content. With short form content, it's not easy either. Either, but it's it's a totally different mindset between long form and then short form. Like you have to think differently. Um, so for a long time, I've been trying to figure it out. Cause I just don't want to. I'm also a person that doesn't like. There's so many videos I haven't posted just because I'm not happy with like how they came out. Um, like I want them to be up to the quality that I want. So I never wanted to just post on YouTube just because, Oh, I have subscribers now. Like I can just post whatever so I can make money. Like I never wanted to be that guy. Like I, I want to, I want to have good ideas, good videos, good editing, good, whatever. And then, you know, I want to give people something good, something I'm proud of too. Um, so I think I finally put that together mentally in my head, what I want to do. So this year is like kind of the year that I want to like start executing it. I think I finally found a guy behind the scenes that can help me put everything together like I want it to be and want it to look. Um, so, yeah, so I've been working on. Dude, that's exciting. I know that's a big step. I know for a lot of people that don't know the the social media space as well. Like that might just sound like another thing you're taking on, but that's, that is a big pivot and uh, a big, yeah. big opportunity to do a lot, a lot of cool things, but also a lot of different brain power and energy. We'll have to go into that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Dude, I want to, this has been a really, really fun episode, man. Hearing your story here, all the things you're working on. It's been great. I want to know as we kind of wrap this thing up, like if you could give one piece of advice, cause like you said, we do have a lot of listeners who are kind of, you know, in the space of wanting to build a personal brand, wanting to create more content, like capitalize off this era that we're in right now with all the opportunities. What is one piece of advice you could give someone that maybe is just getting started and maybe can look at someone like you and be inspired, but also slightly overwhelmed just because there is such a large gap between your first day or your, you know, your beginning stages of posting and to where, you know, you can get to what is kind of the best advice for someone in that phase? 
Um, I think there's a few things. One, as far as like seeing me and then being back and like, oh, I want to do that, but I'm not there yet. Like, how do I get there? Like, don't rush the process. Um, and this is this is something I feel like you will run into in every stage of life. Like, you know, if if your goal is material things like money, followers or whatever it is, you'll never reach it because it's or you won't reach it fast enough. Like you always be, oh, I wanted to be here by the time I was 18. I wanted to be here. Like just fall in love with doing it. If you fall in love with doing it and your focus is making the best product or the best content possible, like it'll happen eventually. Because if you're like, that's why Mr. Beast is so successful. Like he fell in love with making the best YouTube videos possible. And of course, because he fell in love with the, making the video, everyone else fell in line because it's like, wow, this is a great product. I want to invest 30 minutes a day to watch a Mr. Beast video because it's so good. If you could just kind of have that same mindset, like I love making videos. I love building businesses. I love making brands like, everything else will just happen eventually, but just don't rush that, you know, just enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy it. If you learn to love it, that'll happen. Um, I had something else. What exactly was the question again? Yeah. Just, just that was a good answer, but yeah, just one piece of advice that you could give to someone who's maybe in the early phases of trying to step into social media, building a brand, having influence and, and how you would kind of go about that initial phase right. to build to where you could become. And another thing, this is cliche. Um, but don't listen to people telling you no, you can't, or that don't understand. Because hmm. um, I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but I had a point when I was in social media when I first started. I got to about 100,000 followers, and I was really committing like to it. like I was going after it. And I had a lot of people... Um, like telling me like why are you doing this this is weird you know all this and it really started to affect with like my work life my like my personal life like outside of it so it really did come down to a decision that i had to make like okay am i gonna stick around these people and i'm like am i gonna stay here or am i gonna branch out and do my own thing um but at the same time with saying that like don't listen to people also don't hold grudges against people because a lot of people just don't understand and everyone has a like a, a vision of where they want to be. And sometimes your vision just doesn't align with theirs. So like, you know, maybe because like I was working for a company, it was the people that I was working for that was like kind of giving me that talk and not not being cool with it. But there was nothing wrong with that because he had a vision of where he wanted his brand to go. And maybe the stuff that I was doing was just not aligned with his vision. But the stuff I was doing was not also not aligned with his vision. So it probably was just a good time to split ways. It wasn't no hate. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Now, did I take it as hate in the moment? Yes. But now that I've kind of matured, I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes, you know, don't listen to haters. Like, if you have a dream, go for it. But at the same time, like, don't hold grudges against people. Use it as fuel. But, like, you know, if you have a plan and you're going to work for it, you have a vision for yourself like it'll happen just focus on what you got to do and then you'll get it so let's go bro i love that man that's such a good way to end this thing dude braxton you were the man i'm super pumped for you man i love i love what you do man and i'm um, really thankful you came on the show today this has been a fun episode
Appreciate you. It's been fun, man. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And if you found value in it, I ask that you kindly share this with a friend. We want to continue to grow this community and help more and more people every single day. If you have any questions for me, if I can ever help you anyway, please reach out to me at Doug Elks on all social. I'd be happy to help you out. Let's get after this week. Let's crush it. And as always, keep ambition in mind.